0: Hello everyone. Well, this is the beginning of a special series that we're doing. It's long awaited, actually, because uh, this is about one of the persons that I've mentioned for many years now that I called Mr. Black. And and I know people out there who followed me for a long time have been waiting, sometimes patiently, sometimes not, for this person to record with us. And And I've known him for 10 years now. He contacted me first when I was with the other podcast I was a co-host of back in 2012 he'll talk about why he contacted me in that in the first part of this interview but uh, we recorded for the first couple hours we're breaking this up into segments because he has a lot of uh, things to talk about so there'll be eight segments in this first run and he's gonna record more with us this was just the first uh, recording we did with him and he gave me the information to vet him one that I wouldn't be able to expose him, but enough to be able to find out what he was telling us is true and that he is who he says he is. So we're not guessing there are other shows that have had people that, you know, say they were special forces, they were this, they were that. Uh, This gentleman is the real thing. He was a government insider, uh, was chosen, and and he'll talk about how he got into that, so I won't bother with it here, it's better in his own words. We disguised his voice per his request, Uh, because he can't reveal his identity you know they they wouldn't like too much him talking about these things because he was in a very sensitive position and, and they would still come after him so having said that tom would you like to add a few things in
1: yeah absolutely um yeah i've waited a long time i've talked to him a few times and very very interesting conversations including some of the Uh, Some of my personal encounters with the creatures and I got to say that the information he gave me was Spot-on, but it wasn't what I wanted to hear (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he has a lot to say we can't say much so we'll let him do the talking Um, But before we get into that I want to say thank you to everybody who has tuned into the show and if you like the show if we've earned your trust if we've earned your like let us know it helps us a bunch just click the like button and subscribe and the share and you can actually support the show become a member by for as little as a dollar a month and on our on our YouTube page we have a link to Patreon just click on that and you know just follow your nose and take it from there so that said here's Mr. Black
0: Mr. Black told me that um there was a lot more things that he was privy to in this operation than just Bigfoot. So we're going to be doing some separate recordings of those topics as well. For instance, dogman, UFOs, things like that, things that he had firsthand knowledge of. So having said that, we're going to start the recording right now.
2: All right. Thank you. I have been talking to you for around 10 years now. And uh, I originally contacted you when you were with another podcast because there was some information on there that um, I felt needed to uh, be cleared up a little bit and because of your background and my background being uh, very similar that's why I contacted you and not anyone else in the field over this subject and I'll start out with a little background on me I went into the military in the 1980s when I went into the military I got into uh, they call it the black ops world and this is not like in the video games of today with the bang bang monster. the stuff that I went into was part of the Cold War era uh, and it was stuff that wasn't really on the books as far as uh, being advertised as a career field that you would choose in a military. And I initially went into one branch of the service and then I did an inter-service transfer and on transferring it was out west and I went into that program not really knowing what I was getting into. and when I got there we dealt with the uh, Soviet side of uh, the military what we did is we would get uh, Soviet equipment from around the world, and basically tear it down, analyze it, put it back together, and test it against our own people, and play board games with it. And the areas on the west coast—anybody that's been in the service could probably tell you where this is. And we had a couple different locations, and one of them was on a test range north of Long Vegas. And we had quite a bit of stuff that we would do on an ongoing basis. And this falls into uh, your podcast, because I'm going to start bringing things up. I want people to have the background on this. What went on (laughs) between the U.S. and Soviets in the Cold War era, and especially starting in the 1990s, The Soviets would play games with each other. I'll give you a quick example. The Soviets sent a drill bit over to the U.S. that was supposed to be the finest, smallest drill bit ever made. About six months later, they get the drill bit back. And they're like, okay, so they sent it back. And through channels, it was sent. look at it closer. It had the hole drilled in it. And it did. And these are some of the things that went on back and forth between the uh, between the U.S. and Russia. And this whole Cold War era was really interesting because we would go steal their stuff and they would steal our stuff. And this equipment taking went on back and forth and it was a, it was a big game, like a big shell game. Back in... 1954-55, a report came in that the Russians had uh, created these, quote unquote, super soldiers. If you've seen any of the TV shows about this, where they were trying to graft the head of a, uh, of a uh, chimpanzee onto a human body, uh, and they were trying to create this super soldier that would not uh, you know would not be rest, had the strength of six to ten people, uh, endurance just out of this world. And they would be able to go into the areas, blend into their environment, and uh, be able to spy or do anything that they needed to have done, do it quietly, get in, get out. When these reports started surfacing that they had created these uh, super soldiers and the reports that came in said that these things resemble what we today call the big one and that was never technically proven that they had done it successfully but around 1958 they started the government started uh this whole Bigfoot thing and having it put into the news. And like when the, the first set of tracks that were ever published in a newspaper went on. And the reason they did this was because they were not quite sure if Russia had been successful at this program or not at this time. So they wanted to start getting reports of if anybody saw anything like this. Now, there's been reports of this stuff. Hundreds and hundreds of years, and the government knew that, but they wanted to get reports of these things around populated areas, around stuff dealing with uh, military, with manufacturing goods from the military, power generation, uh, water supplies, so on, and so on. So they started pushing this, and then what they did. psychology deal. that I worked at they had a file on the subject and after I'd been there for a while I was able to start looking into reading some of the stuff and seeing some pictures seeing some of the uh, reports done not only by civilians but by the military themselves and this subject was a heck of a lot deeper than I thought it ever was because when I went in I never thought that I would ever even begin to deal with something like this. And I had to sit down with my boss and got into a very uh, in-depth discussion about the subject. And he told me, he says, there are things that are uh, kept in certain areas that's under military observation that uh, you'll find out about later on, and we'll, we'll get into that later. But uh, this, this subject really started kicking off in the city. and there were certain people who were higher up within the government. I'm talking about people that run the uh, national parks and the higher ups there. with the civilian population coming to visit any reports that were done they wanted them to get a verbal report on it and then tell the people now that's not what you saw but then they would go back and have to write a full report on it and run it up the food chain and these reports would go to an office in DC which is still As I possibly could, and I know I didn't even get through half of it. But it was a very interesting subject to me, and once I got into the subject, then it just uh, expanded from there. And we worked with a lot of military intelligence people. We worked with uh, a lot of uh, back then with the special operations, which was different than what we, we were doing. But we did work with them and you know yourself will from being in that your average guy on the ground up- One thing that I want to talk about is this tree-knock people. Now I've seen the guys on TV where they beat on the tree scream and yell and do all that stuff. We never had one person in a report say they ever saw these things hitting a tree with a stick. That sound is made by their mouth. It's sort of like a clucking sound that we can do only with them. They're really massive, I mean, massive creatures that they have. They're just incredibly powerful. And when they do this sound with their mouth, it sounds like a tree knock, but it's not. And anybody out there Line level here in the United States training in one of the Rocky Mountain states, and they kept hearing these in different directions, and there were no trees around anywhere. So, this, this whole thing about the hitting the trees, I for me personally, I think it's a bunch of bugs because I never run about it and I've never talked to anybody that's ever done it. Now, we had a lot of different, uh, reports from these people, uh, firsthand encounters. And I got to read those that one of the younger people would, would write about. And in just about every one of them, these people were like, I've never heard of this thing. I had no idea what I was looking at. I never thought anything like this existed. Uh, people who had very religious backgrounds said it was some sort of a demon from hell uh others believed it was some sort of an ape others believed it was uh some sort of a creature from somewhere else but we had had them um they were they were classified by different uh categories And you and i had talked about that and i had told you about that back when you were with the other podcast and that uh young man on there decided that he would be the one who comes out and says oh you know this is a a class this and this is this well i'm the one who told you that because that's how they were classified within and within the classification, let's say we have a, a, a type 1, Well, under that are seven different subspecies depending upon geographical location. And that was never put out there. You never mentioned that in front of him, so uh, he didn't have all the information on that. But these things vary greatly depending upon geographical Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Creek Devil. If you or anyone you know has had an encounter with these creatures, please contact us at William Jevning at yahoo.com. That's William, J E V N I N G at yahoo.com. All communication is confidential. Join us for another program next week. And until then open.